Hello, hello. Welcome back to PS We Have No Plan. I'm Peyton Smith calling in from LA. And I'm Emily McManus calling in from Malta in the ocean. <laughs> Where that exactly is, I don't know. So that's why I say it's in the ocean. <laughs> I was going to ask you, where is that? Um, amazing. Yeah, oh we gosh. are. This is a very special episode because Emily is still on her Europe vacation and we are making it we're work. Back. We're back and we're excited we're to dive in. Exactly. And I'm so glad we are doing it because you know what? We had our solo pods and two have become one. Our marriage is now intact again. Exactly. It's just everything feels right in the world. I have coffee, she has wine, and that's all we need for a good balance. Oh man, what time is it for you? It's noon. What time is it for you? It's 9.11 p.m. Oh my god. So are you still, you're obviously all, are you still jet lagged I'm at so all? I'm so jacked up. Oh. I don't, I, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I always thought jet lag was such like a a like coward thing to say like oh I'm so jet lagged I can't sleep or I'm so sleepy and it's very real <laughs> it's very real even I, the three hour time difference with New York when I was going consistently I was really thrown off in my eating schedules I was like when am I hungry when am I not so I cannot imagine <laughs> your time I, difference but you were but you were doing that it seemed like almost weekly I was doing it once a month right? for a week at a time. So it felt really long. Yeah, it was a lot. Which gives you enough time to kind of like get in the groove. So you're timed into their time zone. Then all of a sudden you have to go exactly. back. And probably as soon as you start to shake it out and get into your routine again, then you went back. Exactly. And it was really, yeah. So I, I empathize with you and it's a long flight too. to New York. It's six hours to London. What, what was it for you? It was about seven. Okay. That's not too bad, I guess. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Like they just started, well, pre-pandemic, they had a nonstop that started from Nashville to London and they took it away for a couple of years, but now it's back and it's just really, really nice to have. Yeah. Yeah. Nonstop is where it's at. That's amazing. Um, I've become, I was always the one that was like, oh, that one's cheaper. I'll take the six stops. It's no problem. Like I, I'm, I'm going to take the less or the more affordable one. Now, fuck that. I, yeah. I am a nonstop girl all the way if I can. Well, when you're traveling by yourself too, like we were talking about this before your trip, like it, there's a safety issue and you kind of mm-hmm. need to just be more aware of yourself. And so when you limit the amount that could go wrong or that you'd be stuck in the middle of nowhere, I think the better. So I'm with you when I travel alone, especially I'm like, all right, what's the easiest route? <laughs> That's what yes. I'm going to do. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Just and precursor. This episode is not about me because I'm sick of me. <laughs> So we are not talking about it. We're just check, catching up and having like some good girl time and pop culture. But one last thing I will say about me was when I landed here this um, this evening, a man approached me and asked if I needed a taxi or an Uber. I was like, I said yes. And then immediately I regretted it. Like, oh, shit. Like, I don't want to just take a ride from somebody. Like, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to do that. You're supposed mm-hmm. to only take it from verified sources, Uber. Lift, or you know, certain regions have their own spiel, but I knew that they had Uber here, and so I was so uncomfortable, and I didn't know what to say. But I kindly was like, "No, I'm just, I'm gonna do it through the app. I'm gonna do it through the app." And then he kept like directing me and like helping me like find the cars or talking to the other cabbies or Uber drivers, 
And it just made me feel so uncomfortable because I feel like that is the cardinal rule. Like always take transportation that is like legit, never just take a ride from somebody. Mm-hmm. But, but then I also felt bad. Cause I was like, he might just be a really nice Uber driver. That's you know what you might be. And it's, and it's not rude to say, I'm going to go a different route, you know? So I think I you did the right, you did the right thing. I'm taking my hair down. Cause I look like a little boy. Um, I've been well, on calls since seven in the morning. So back to back. So what? I am like, I know it's been a crazy morning. Um, so anyways, yes. Thank you for queuing up what this episode is, uh, is about. We just haven't seen each other face to face in a while. So we, we wanted to do a little girl talk and check in about, you know, what's been going on in the world, how we've been feeling, how we're doing with maybe a wellness check. Maybe we could talk about relationships. I don't know. Whatever comes to mind. We're just going to share. <laughs> Drinks and chat time with P&E. I like yeah, it. Exactly. Oh I my mean, gosh. I feel like it's needed. I agree. Where do we even start? Do we start with some of the fun pop culture things? Because well, the Grammys did just happen. They did. I watched a lot of highlights and snippets. And to be honest with you, most of the highlights were lowlights. Isn't that right? funny that a lot of, I, I completely agree. I only watched bits and pieces of it and like scoured the web for the red carpet mm-hmm. looks and whatnot. But yes. a lot of the, it's a every, after every award, award show, there's so much critique and so much like, here's the what, here's the WTF moments. Here's everything that went wrong. Here's all. And I'm like, why are we only zoning in on what, what didn't yes. go right? Yes. It's weird. It's always a critique. And that's like, it it is so weird. And it's, it drives me away from watching award shows anymore too, or even like caring about them. I was talking to Jeff, right? We were talking about it yesterday because somebody that we know in the music industry won a Grammy. And it was like, for a song that, when you think about a Grammy song and, and what, that caliber is and what you think that the Grammys represent. And like, I'm a member of the Grammys, so I, I can vote and everything. Like I'm, I'm a oh, wow. full yeah, recording company member. And it's, I'm, I'm really lucky to have that. Cause you have to be, um, you have to have a certain number of album credits and an existing member has to, two existing members have to vote you in whatever. Um, but it's hard for me to take it as a big deal because I feel like it's just become another political game. Oh, people, you know, yeah, for sure. And I hate it. I hate it because these are the things that you grow up just idolizing, and they're such a, they're just so cool and monumental. But then you see some people that you brush shoulders with winning. That you know, it's subjective, so you can. Everybody has different tastes, but definitely not a, a Grammy caliber song that won the other night. And so you're just like gosh, is this what we've come to? I know. I know. And I felt like some of the, even the way that people were acting at the Grammys, like they brought in some journalists in the background, which maybe always happens, but they were heckling Harry Styles when he won album of the year. Yeah. There's like all these videos going around of someone that's like Beyonce should have won, which to your point, art is subjective. All of this is subjective. There's no should have this and that it's like it's just some people think this and some people vote this and some people vote that and it's just subjective and it's just 
it could go either way. And Renaissance was an amazing album. She she was recognized for it. She won the most Grammys ever in history that night. So she also was recognized fairly. But many times, many times. So to take it away from someone who I thought Harry's House was a great album. It was very poppy. It was very fun. Everyone could listen to it. It's a great personally. Again, it's subjective. I thought it was a fun album. I get why it won. I just don't get the response. I just feel like that's super unprofessional to heckle someone during that moment. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's taken away a moment in this artist career that they probably just always dreamt of, but they never knew it would happen. Like he said in his speech, which you said he's been getting a lot of flack for saying this doesn't happen to people like me. But I kind of took that in a very endearing way. He's thinking of himself as this young boy in the middle of Britain that didn't have a chance. And somehow he got a chance on this TV show and he he did something with that opportunity. And to me, that should be celebrated. A thousand percent. Like he was this bread baker from the middle of nowhere in Britain and then went on this show when he was 16 years old, joined a boy band, broke off from the boy band and had two solo um, albums and then won a Grammy for one of them. I mean, he's right. That doesn't really happen. Like that's, that is a rare trajectory. What he's had is really cool, but I do think people pick apart every ounce of what we say instead of just celebrating a moment anymore. And so, yeah, it's just sort of hard to watch these award shows. It is because you just know with every good moment, somebody is going to have something crappy to say or like that shouldn't have happened because of this. But if Beyonce won, then somebody else's fans would have said the exact same thing. So nobody is, nobody is expelled from this. It happens to everybody, but it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame because it should just be a highlight of really the cool stuff that's coming out in the world that people are able to create and like can make from their minds and their bodies. But instead it's just pinning each other against one another in a form that is incomparable. Yes. And and it should right? be taken as a grain of salt. Like you said earlier, it's, it is politicized and there is probably a rhyme or reason to why certain people win. Just take it with a grain of salt and let the people who win, win, let them have their moment. Ch- cheers, whatever, go listen to good music and have some wine and dance it off. Like why yes. it's become this thing. And there were a few people who were there that I loved like Lizzo, Adele, and Taylor Swift were sitting right next to each other and they were all like dancing and drinking and everyone that won, they stood up and it was awesome. I'm like, yes, why not? Why not? <laughs> Life is short. Yes. Listen to good music and dance. Stop freaking out about everything. That's our bumper sticker. That's <laughs> our bumper sticker. Listen to good music and dance and stop freaking out about everything. Like truly, that is the <sighs> motto. I even saw there was like on Instagram, somebody had a reel of Taylor shimming her way like through tables and everything like five tables away and she tapped Harry on the back to just talk to him and congratulate him during everything like that's really nice that's interesting and you know what else came up so the Emmys obviously also wait where was it the Emmys or was it I saw the Golden Globes it was the Golden Globes yeah well, recently right wasn't it that's a good question we can fact check ourselves but I did watch the Golden Globes I think we talked about this Ryan Murphy got the Lifetime Achievement Award um, yes, we did. Which was cool. But something came up since then that I wanted to bring up and see what your response was. So a lot of these serial killer movies are winning awards because people like Evan Peters 
got into character so well and he really he was he became Dahmer during that mm-hmm. that series and won. And I think what was its super fair response, the victims of the children of the victims of Dahmer oh. have come out and said, why are we making a movie around people who killed my this guy who killed my mom or killed my dad? Right. Like, why are we why are we giving someone an award for representing this disgusting person super well? They're like, why stop doing this? Because then it just gives some other creepy person an idea like one day I can be, you know, played by Evan Peters. That is such a good point. Like I haven't, I didn't know about all of that, the wards and what family members were saying. But yes. Yeah. I think that is icky. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, God forbid, I'd never want to be in that position, but I would feel the exact same way. I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? This is crazy. And you're giving somebody an award for portraying a psychopath. Yeah. Who like killed a family member of mine. Like that's, I'd be like, no, 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 no. We don't want, we want to remember him in a very different way. And then it comes up again, like after all those years, like emotions resurface and feelings and timelines. And I, I don't love it. And it's, I don't either. And I, Right. And I say that I love like a crime documentary. Me too. And I'm, I'm totally into these documentaries right now. Now the docu-series, which I know that's a tiptoed line. Like if you like one you or whatever, but the docu-series to me are just an, an element of extra creepy that I can't do. It's a very good thing to recognize how we tell these types of stories about you know, people in our in history that have done really awful things. I think we need to not romanticize them or give make mm-hmm. them more human. I don't know. I think there's something there. But it reminded me when you were talking about this, like feelings being brought up again. Pamela Anderson released her docu series or documentary. Um, I love her. I think she's a wonderful. She honestly, in some ways, reminds me of you. <laughs> not in not in like a lot of obvious ways, but in some of these subtle ways, one of the quotes she had was like, I just love animals more than people sometimes. And animals just feel comfortable around me. And I love being outside. And I was like, that's like, Emily. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> yes. She's a wonderful. So she's just this angel of a person, but she, have you seen the documentary yet? No, but I've read a lot of articles. I've seen okay. some interviews and I've, I've, kind of come her her son did it right yes both of her sons were the executive producers and she gave them all her journals all her movies and films and just was like go do anything you want with this I don't want to be a part of it um but there was a dramatized version of her story Pam and Tommy that Hulu did yeah that her and Tommy had no had no say over it like they didn't even know what was happening she was like, we had no, no one contacted us. No one asked us for permission. No one checked facts with us. We, we knew when it was being released, like, Hey, this thing is being released about your life. Hmm, that doesn't seem right. Right. You're because, kind of like, what? because you're, 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 you're causing an issue before the issue is even there. And maybe that's their point because they just want drama around like the totally. release of this movie or whatever. But if you're willing to say that this is a representation of somebody's story or a satirical whatever, then you have to be willing to say that 
I, I don't know, in my mind, I think you have to like go to the sources and be able to say, like, we talked with them. We know that this is not true. And this part is true. This was fabricated. Because if not, then that is just, I mean, isn't that like libel or slander? It's like, yeah, it's, exactly. Like, I'm like, this seems super illegal. I don't know. <laughs> It's like, it doesn't seem fair. She, and she even said that she's like, I'm not dead yet. (laughs) You can't, (laughs) you can't have a point of view on my life without my life. And she was also saying, you know, abuse comes up, right. Cause Tommy was arrested Mm -hmm. for physical abuse. And, um, that was represented in the, in the dramatized version. And she's like, these are sensitive things. And I have two sons and, and we were were reliving this part of our life that I didn't give you permission to, to show. It feels wrong. And so I'm appreciative that she took her voice back and let her sons tell her story in the way she wants to tell it. And she has so many layers to her. And she's not just the sex symbol. She's actually really soft and sweet and innocent. And it's interesting. I mean, good for her. And I I find that so interesting too, because nowadays I think you can see so many parts of people and everything is exposed because of social media and we're just so accessible at every time. But when she became a star and was it, you knew her because of Baywatch, Playboy, and like how gorgeous she was and how big her boobs were. And that's all. Mm -hmm. And so that was the narrative. No, there was no other space to fill in with who she really is. And it's, it's wild to look back and see and, and see that that actually happens to people because now it's almost like unheard of. Like, how can they just said for themselves, like, oh no, this is who I am or shown a clip. This is me with my dog, whatever. But back then you couldn't at all. So to see her now finally being able to do that for herself, that has to feel really, really good. Right. Right. And it's yes. so, it's so cool to have her tell her story. She had no makeup on the whole docu, her documentary. She was just raw and real reading her real journal entries she talked about i mean trigger warning for like sexual abuse in her past she was molested at age 12 and earlier by her babysitter and she had this awful upbringing and took her body back by like being in playboy and re-loving her body and then and then you know had that all the falling out with tommy and then re-found herself again and was a on Broadway. And she was like, I've always wanted to do this. I was like, you are such a legend. I love you. I mean, aspiration right there. She's just like, I don't care what anyone says about me. I I have one life. I want to live a bunch of adventures. I'm like, oh, yes. That's us. That's us. (laughs) I was thinking that just last night because I, so on, on Thursday, my solo pod will come out. And I talked about just all of those feelings, worrying about what people are saying or thinking when you're in a, in a moment or whatever. And this right here is so perfect because, okay, so if they do say those things or think those things, why allow it to control your life? Like, why did I let my fear of people telling me you're not a good enough singer keep me from being a singer, you know? And, and those are things that I, I wrestle with in my mind. And so to see somebody like her, she's like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm yeah. going to do what I want. People are going to say these things regardless. There's there's definitely people better than me, but I have this chance and I'm going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. But I do mm-hmm. want to ask you, how have you been doing mentally and emotionally? Because I know that's sort of our focus for the year for our wellness goals is around mental and emotional wellness. You know, I think for the most part, I've been pretty good, pretty consistent, pretty good. Like during the days, it's great. 
like because you get to do things and you're seeing things that are magical and you're having fun and you're filling work in throughout your days like you're just making it work but then at night when I lay down I get I get sad and I start counting the days then mm-hmm. and I'm trying not to do that because I mean a week I'm already a weekend and it's it flew by you Isn't know that wild and yeah it is it is wild it's so crazy to think about because I know then these next four will go just like that. But at the same time, like I know when I lay down tonight, I'll be like, okay, so I have 30 days left or whatever it is. But I can't, I can't help but think that way, at least for right now. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to be okay with thinking like that, but also not let it impose on the celebration of what I get to do right now and enjoy for myself and experience this time of my life because I have so much support from you, from Jeff, my family, my boss. I mean, the support is kind of nuts for this. And it's been so um, kind, so kind. That makes sense. And I feel like it would be, and I'm that way when I go on vacation, even, and no matter how much, no matter, even on my honeymoon, I was like, okay, how many more days until I get to go home? Like it's, (laughs) we're just homebodies, but I do think you'll in retrospect, look back and be like, oh my God, thank God I did this. And if you one day have kids, it'll be such a good representation of taking your life and doing with it what you want to do. And I don't know, I think it's going to teach such good lessons, but I totally understand why in the moment you're like, get me home. Um, Right. I'm sure you saw my post where I was like, does anybody like the night before the day before they're traveling have like all of a sudden immediate regret. Did I do the right thing? Why am I going on this trip? This is not cool. I'm so guilty. I should not be doing this. Like I need to just be staying home. And that happens to me every single time I go somewhere. Every single time. Really? Oh yeah. Same. And just the sheer amount of money I'm spending and all the different activities I'm doing. And I'm like, am I eating healthy enough? Am I staying on top of my goals? Am I moving forward with my businesses and my thoughts? And it's like, I get you. I completely am the same way. I do think it's going to be I still, just from the amount of support that you have felt internally and externally with your friends and family, I think that that's sort of telling, like it's, it's almost like a bigger, it's like a higher power being like, Emily, stop worrying. (laughs) We all got you girl, you know? So yeah, I do think it's still right, but yeah, it seems like it's a complex and, and complicated and wonderful, but also kind of hard thing. Absolutely. And I'll, we can move on for me after this, but my, my dad always has told us, us this because my grandpa always told him and he said, once you get to that feeling of just being comfortable, it's time to move on or do something else. Like it's okay to be comfortable in certain parts of your life that bring you happiness and joy. But if you're just comfortable in the everyday and the mundane, and it's not pushing you or making you better, then it's time that you push yourself a little bit. And I, and I feel like I, this is my getting outside of my comfort kind of chapter. I love that. And I agree with that. And it is interesting. That's a good bridge to kind of where I'm at mentally. Cause I do think I'm yeah. similarly at that spot where I'm feeling kind of ready for what's next for myself. Like, I feel like I'm mm-hmm. itching for a challenge so I, I understand what you're saying and I just need to find my way of challenging myself. Um, cause I think before, like throughout my life, it's been school or work. Like, how do I challenge myself and push myself? 
but it feels much more like emotional stuff for me. Like I want to push myself to think more confidently about myself. I want to continue to explore our brand and see what's next there and put myself out there more on social media and with this pod. So it feels more in that realm, but it's interesting. It's interesting that your dad gave you that advice. Cause I definitely have heard that advice throughout my life too, is when you get too comfortable, that's when you should start to kind of get worried and be like, okay, what's next? Um, yeah. cause challenges where you learn shit and it's helpful and sometimes it's out of your control, which is, I think why I've right. Why I've been fearful of entering in a challenge. Cause I'm like, God, life is challenging enough. There's going to be things that <laughs> hit me. And I'm like, yes, take the boredom, take the peace, take the comfort. But sometimes you have to create the chaos for yourself a bit and, and learn from that. You so do. that's how I feel. You absolutely do. And I almost, and I also think that, cause I'm, I'm the same way with you. It's like, okay, but I'm actually at a place where I'm comfortable because I'm happy. So like, am I going to be rocking the boat now and making something like bad? Like my, my marriage is in a really good spot. My, my work's going well. And here I am like gallivanting away. And I think about that, but I also think that those are not the comfortable marks that we're being told about from our mm-hmm, family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think no. there are definitely different calibers of comfort to measure by. For sure. For sure. And we were, I mean, to, to go into our last topic, which is like marriage check-in, I think this is something that's important for us with marriage as well is maintaining a sense of self. And I think by placing ourselves in different new situations and pushing ourselves as individuals is a really great way to do that. And I, I have been experiencing that a lot because Luke is still on night shifts and he's going to be on night shifts for the next I don't even know how long, three weeks, four weeks. And, um, it's like, we're tagging in and out. I was telling you, it's just been hard Mm -hmm. to connect and stay present in each other's lives when he sleeps all day and I sleep all night, but, but it's, it's almost like reminding me we're going through this because for whatever reason, I'm supposed to learn how to be by myself and learn how to be independent and learn who I am when he's not here. And that's just been the constant thing that I've experienced, I think, since moving to LA and him starting residency, which is interesting. That's very interesting. And I've been, I meant to bring that up in this episode to see how, how you've been doing with all of that, because that's how, so how does that work? Do you get different schedules every few months or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's such a world that I don't know. I know it's such an interesting world. It's crazy what we put our doctors through in the U S but it's as a general surgeon, he'll just rotate through different rotation. They're just called rotations, different rotations. And then he'll, this rotation he's on night shifts, um, for eight weeks. And it's, it's a lot. And it's also very high pressure and a lot of trauma happens at night, as you can imagine, a lot of accidents and things of that sort. So it's just high pressure during night shifts. And it's a long path and, and he's also struggling with it just generally. Like, he's just like, is this the right thing for me? This is such a long journey. And I don't know. I think it's easy to get into an existential crisis when your job becomes your life and that's what he's experiencing. And it's really hard as a partner to support someone going through that because I'm so opposite, right? Like my corporate identity is like, it's like this big, you know, like I have so many other identities that make me, me. 
right? There's Peyton and here's my job. Exactly. And for him, it's like, this is my life. This is my identity. This is who I am. This is where I spend my time. This is where I put my energy. Like it can be overwhelming. hundred percent. And I am in no way, shape or form um, comparing a medical doctor and a musician at all. But it has that same feeling, I think, in identity. Your life is what you do because you are so devoted to that. And you have to be because you have to be a master at your craft to be at the level of where Luke is in the hospital or where Jeff wants to play in a band. And it's very hard to find your separate identity outside of that. And I know we've talked about that a lot on past episodes. Like that's a struggle. It is. It is. And that's not a, that's not a bad comparison. I think it's interesting when the Swan brothers came on and I think I forget which one of them said this, but someone said, yeah, I just, the way I stay grounded is I woke up and realized what I do isn't who I am. And I'm like, I love that because it's easy when Colton gave that to us. Colton. Yes. Okay. And it's, that's exactly right. Like what Luke as a, Luke is a doctor. That's what he does. It's not what who he is. He's, he's so much more than that. So I think it's just, it's tough because he doesn't have the time to explore what that, what that looks like right now. And so it can feel, it can feel dehumanizing to be honest. Cause if everything is revolving around that, you don't really have the time or energy or space to kind of look at something else that might interest you for a hobby or what your family's doing on a Thursday night or anything like that, because you just have to be 1000% in on this because it's not, it's not playing music. It's somebody's life. Right. There's a lot of pressure to it as well, for sure. That's it's literally life or death. And I do think it's, yeah. So it's just hard to be married to someone in that situation. And I think it's hard. I'm a very needy person, I would say in a lot of ways, I have a lot of emotions. I love to talk about things. So every night I'm like, this is my, this is all the thoughts I had today. Like I love to sit down and just talk. And I think in the past he was so great at that. So it's, it's been a shift to have him be a little bit more exhausted, a little bit more. Yeah. Just like he, he's like a zombie right now. Cause he's working five 30 to five 30 in the morning. So it's, a shift. Mm-hmm. And I would say my marriage check-in is that we're, you know, going through it a little bit. Not that we're not in love and it's not like we're not vibing, Listen. but just the situation is really hard to connect. <laughs> you never, ever, ever have to do a precursor to that because if anybody right. understands, I understand. Yes. Yes. I, you know what my, one of my biggest things that I don't understand. And I mean, mad props to people that have never felt this but when people are like no everything's perfect and great like we're more in love now than we ever were when we met we spent so much time with each other blah 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 blah. I'm like I mean I think that's great but just because you're going through something in your marriage doesn't mean you don't love each other totally and love has different forms in different times of life too a, a friend of mine told me that the other day that I'm doing a project with, with, and they've been married for 20 years, been together for 25, something like that. And she said, you know, you're going to go through years where you might not even like each other at all, or it's just really hard, or you're just madly in love with each other. And it's nothing about your love. That's life. 
I think that's so spot on. Michelle Obama said something like that on like an Did interview. She? Yeah. She said, so I'll try to find it and we can share it on our Instagram, but it's, it's that same sentiment where she's like, Oh my God, I hated him for two years. <laughs> then I had my kids and then I started loving him for the first year. And then I hated him again. Cause he wasn't <laughs> there. It's just, it, it, obviously that's she's exaggerating with the with the hatred but it's totally the ebbs and flow and yeah it's a good reminder it's like when you when you're with someone for long enough it it just happens it absolutely happens and it's also a good reminder I think to people because like when I was growing up I didn't hear stories like that I didn't Agreed. hear people say that no you're it's not always going to be perfect and if I had heard that it would have been less like jarring like oh my gosh things are happening this is wrong we're not supposed to be together when in reality it's like no this is just how it goes this is relationship this is life it's going to be this and this and this you can choose to write it out or you can choose not to it's up to you exactly i think our love is still there oh for sure for sure so so are you and jeff doing largely okay with the whole space and having i mean this is your first week so how are how's it going We're good. It's actually been going really well. And like I touched upon earlier, I felt like we were actually in one of the better spaces we have been in our marriage for a really long time with just like having fun and it being light and we're getting things going and like pushing through our goals and just like things were good. And like we were vibing. We were really on a good track. And so I was really fearful of this and being like, I'm going to derail us. I'm going to make us, you know, not be happy for a little bit again, but knock on wood so far, so good. We talk about it. It's not like a, an elephant in the room. If somebody's feeling a certain way, that same friend that I told you about, you might hate somebody gave me another great tidbit of information. She said, when you get back, just know it's probably going to be a little weird. It's a little weird. Anytime you're away and you come back, it's a little weird. It's nothing to do with you guys. It's nothing to do with your relationship. It's you guys were apart for a little bit. You got used to it. Now you got to get used to being back together again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny and not to make this about me and Luke again, but that same sentiment comes through because his schedule is so all over the place and he's just like a thousand percent in the hospital working all the time. I rarely see him to having like the entire day off. And it's, it, it is weird. It's like, you're in my space. What are you? You're in my living. Like, what are you doing? Why are you in my kitchen? Like, get out of my way. <laughs> this is how I do it over here. Yes. If you want to know, ask me. Yes. And it's, it's getting used to being around someone again, even though you miss, like, I'm like, oh, I miss Luke. I miss Luke. He's so busy. So busy. And then when he's home, I'm like, when are you going back? <laughs> so, so it just it is, it's true. It It's, yeah, it shifts all the time and and the love is still there. But I'm glad to hear the space and the different locations is actually serving you and Jeff and it's still fun. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And I I um I'm grateful for that because I don't think every relationship could, you know, get through that or right. or even be okay to do those kinds of things, which it's not for everybody and I completely get that and I understand. I think there is always, there has always been a level of naivety about me in my, my life, the way I live, the way I think my relationships, the way I travel that works for me. Mm-hmm. And thank God, uh, Jeff accepts that. So it works, but it, it it's not for everybody. It 100% is it. And I, and I acknowledge the moments that it's not, and I see them and I recognize them and I feel them. I think it's just in everybody's life. You have to figure out 
is this experience worth this for me? Mm-hmm. And if it is, then you got to take it. Totally. I mean, it's what we preach all the time, right? Life's about choices. And if you want to choose to show up for yourself or you want to choose to do this or that, it's it's fine. There's no rule book. There's no plans, people. Don't have There's too many no plans. plans. <laughs> Go scroll down on the no plans board. Everyone, thank you for listening. We are PS. We have no plan. We post a new episode every Thursday. Our website is www.psweavenoplan.com and we're PS. Yeah. We have no plan across all social medias. That's right. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you next Thursday. Woke up in the morning and the sun broke through the open curtains. The birds sang too, and they said, This is a day to celebrate.